Hi, my name is Theo, and you are listening to Between Two Trains. We bring you the best and brightest entrepreneurs in the North DeKalb area on the 1st and 15th of every month. Today, your co-hosts are Van Pappas and Eric Most. And now, Between Two Trains. Welcome to another edition of Between Two Trains. We have a really special edition for you because we've got a brand new co-host sitting in for the first time. I'd like to introduce Eric Moss. Eric, welcome to the show. How are you? Hello, Van. Hello, everybody. Eric is with Chase Bank. So tell us exactly what you do for Chase, Eric. I'm in our business banking group, and I work with small, privately held companies, a lot of S-Corps, LLCs, few corporations, some sole props. But um, I work on any type of lending need, handle all depository needs, treasury, cash management, um, really a, a point of contact for the small business owners. So all of our previous guests on the show, all these, those entrepreneurs and all our future guests, they really need to reach out to you for help with any of their banking needs. Well, I always say that the only constant in banking is change. And uh, in the world of technology, if you ask most bank CEOs across the board, they feel like they're running more of a tech company than a bank. Um, so, you know, when, when things change, I always say life's too short to have pain in banking. Um, and uh, the biggest thing you want is somebody who can come in, understand your business and uh, really be an advocate on you uh, from a banking standpoint. So, you know, in the banking world, uh, not too long ago, there was a big fiasco with one of your competitors. I'll go ahead and say it, Wells Fargo. Um, you know, is that it seems like Chase has kept a pretty you know, squeaky clean nose, uh, you know, you're smiling over the, the Wells Fargo. Is that something when that happened? Did Chase go, yeah, baby? I think when you're in banking for long enough, you, you learn not to really jump on others. You don't want to gloat. Who happen to be in the spotlight because uh, it, it could be only a matter of time before that spotlight focuses on, um, on your institution. And, you know, to my comment earlier, there's a lot of change that takes place in banking, and, and those changes have, have you know, a ripple effect, um, you know, globally and locally. Um, I, I keep my head down and focus on, you know, what I can do best and the things I can control. Um, and it, it is, it's, it's only a matter of time before, before things change. Um, well, I always like Chase mainly because... Uh, the head CEO is a fellow Greek American, right? That's right, Jamie Dimon. Jamie Dimon's a Greek American, so I gotta always give props to my fellow Greeks out there, especially ones that are billionaires, right? Yeah, he's he's he is a rock star. He uh, is a rock a CEO. star. And he was in town in July. He came to Atlanta uh, yeah. for the first time since 2016. I understand. I, I don't want to get too far off on a side tangent because mm-hmm. I want to get our our guest on the show, but I understand he is working with Warren Buffett to come up with a strategy on how to fix our country's health care. It's, it's That's odd that you would see these two financial you know, giants say, hey, let's take on such an endeavor. Amazon's in there, too. It's a partnership. Oh, Jeff Bezos is in there? Bezos is in there, Buffett and, and Diamond. Um, you know, more to come on the details of, of that. You think part, they can do it? That partnership. I think if you look at, at the institutions that their their leadership has has built and maintained, um, you know, I'm bullish on on the opportunities. Yeah. But more to come on exactly what they're going to. That would about. definitely be great because I think a lot of small business owners, entrepreneurs, even self-employed people are just getting hammered when it comes to health insurance. Yeah. 
hammered. Well, we get, I'll go ahead since she, she stepped into the conversation. <laughs> I'll introduce our, um, our guest. Um, so we've got with us today Holland Musco. Musio. Musio. I should know that. I've known you for how many years now? Musio. Yeah. Holland Musio. Uh, and your company's name is Balloonacy. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Holland, tell us how long have you had Balloonacy? Uh, we have, my husband Sean and I have owned Balloonacy since uh, 2004. We are, uh, for many years, we were located out of our home in Ashford Park and uh, Brookhaven and just recently moved into a warehouse in Chambly. Right. Very exciting. So, 2004, you were around before the recession. <laughs> yes. Was so smart was, to buy a company that was eighty percent corporate and twenty percent social, a couple years before a big depression, you know, recession. So you hit. bought this business. We you bought didn't this start business. it from scratch. Yes, the previous owner had been one of my vendors when I was the uh, marketing per- one of the marketing people at the Atlanta Symphony, and um, as all great things start. We were out having a pitcher of beer while well, we were having beers. Anyway, all uh, all, you know, beer, all things starts right? with beer. And uh, she says, hey, we're moving to Florida. You should buy the business. And we went, Haha, you're funny. And a uh, pitcher of beer later, my husband goes, so tell us more. And that Interesting. was Interesting. Yep. So he was like the beginning. He was. Course. He was. Um, and then um, that was in spring of 03. And then. We decided to jump, and there were various things we went on through that journey of convincing our families that we were not crazy. Um, and um, I left my job in January of '04 to start the company full time. My husband kept various other jobs um, for several years, and you know the economy tanked, and we had to kind of pivot as it is and take on some other freelancing jobs and do some things to make it through as you do as an entrepreneur you have to do what you can to pay the bills and so get let's it take going. A, let's take a step back and tell sure. our audience exactly what balloonacy is and does sure. balloonacy and we also have a floral division called flowers by holland uh, we are a full service event decor company so we do everything from grand openings to weddings to bar and bat mitzvahs to um, first birthday parties and 90th birthday parties. We're doing a 90-year-old and a one-year-old on Saturday, so that's kind wow. of fun. Wow. So, cool. and Obviously not in the same venue. Not <laughs> the same venue, not the same venue, but just down the street from each other, but yes. So we do all different types of decor. Uh, we mostly you know, handle balloon sculptures and columns and that kind of thing, and then we um, do our floral designs, uh, but we also can help you create the whole design and look for your event by bringing in our vendor partners with drapery and lighting and, and I was going to ask about the vendor everything. partners. So, you know, you're, you're not doing a lot of things. You're not doing I'm catering. Not, no, I do not do so catering, do you, but I you, certainly have friends. That is one thing that has been a key element in our business plan. And that has been networking. That has been, being a part of our amazing, amazing event industry we here have here in Atlanta, hospitality and events. I mean, the city, that's what we're known for. And, and so it, it has been one of our number one things that we go out and we network. And there's because of that, there's a lot of event people who 
they think we're the only people that do balloons in town, which is great. <laughs> but, um, and there are other people that do them. Um, but we, um, it's been really great for our So business. would you say a lot of your business comes from referral of Absolutely. other vendors? Absolutely. Rather than, you know, Eric throwing a party and telling Van. Well, that works too. But again, I see that as an extension of my networking. Gotcha. You know, I go from, you know, you and I met at Shambly Business Association many, many years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and then... But I also have friends, you know, we do a lot of stuff with the um, wedding industry and then the other, there's several uh, event industry organizations in Atlanta uh, that we network with. And then the Convention Visitors Bureau for Atlanta, um, we do stuff with. So it's all, it's all about making connections and business referral. How big is your network? Sorry to interrupt. No. How, is, are you... Atlanta, kind of metro area, or you southeast? Is Most of our business is is Atlanta. However, we do travel, <clears throat> and in the Atlanta event industry, we really most people go from like out to Reynolds Plantation, you go down to Macon, you go up to Barnsley Gardens and Dahlonega and Blue Ridge and all of that, and city of Atlanta. Yeah. Most of mine, our business is ninety percent Atlanta, but we do. I mean, I have clients that have us come to Birmingham. They're perfectly great friends of ours that have businesses in Birmingham, but these clients love us and they will pay for us to drive to Birmingham to do their jobs because they trust us. And that's a lot of they what know, it is they know too. They the job's going to get done Absolutely. right and they're going to get what they are. Absolutely. For. And they're willing to pay for it. So we go. Sure, you sent some red and black balloons up to Athens. We have done that as well, too. but we, we really do bleed gold and white. Yeah. Uh, we have been the... Um, unofficial um, <laughs> decorators of the Georgia Tech Wreckfest uh, oh, nice. for nice. since 1995. So before we owned the company, uh, our balloonacy has been decorating all of the uh, outside of Bobby Dodd Stadium, uh, which is on every game day Saturday. So yeah. when somebody wants to book something in the fall, I have to say, well, let me look at the football schedule <laughs> before I can uh, book you or not. Um, but it's been a really, that has been our great um a great relationship for us with the university, with the athletic association to, to continue to do that. But so we do bleed gold and white. How about that? I want to talk about a subject here uh, since you've been around since 04 and you're, I believe you're our first guest that has actually bought a business. Most of our entrepreneurs have started businesses, right. but you've actually bought a business and, and have now have you know, a two decade, almost two decade track record. Um, you know, you mentioned, you know, we're sitting around over beers, talking with the owner and, you know, you said, all right, we're going to buy it. Talk about how you went through that process of determining, you know, how much the business was worth, what you were willing to pay for and how you ended up actually paying for it. Did you do it on your sure. own out of pocket or did you go borrow money? Sure. Well, we we did a little bit of in a little due diligence in retrospect. Perhaps we should have done a little more, but you know sometimes you don't always do the smartest decisions when you're um, when you see some sparkly things. I think that's that's something for all of us. Um, but we we looked at it. We saw the number. She opened her books to us for the last you know five years, which was fine. You know, which was great. And um, you know we did we made we definitely made some mistakes in that we didn't try and do the things that they tell you to do, like live on the one salary for so many months and save um, your money. We had put some savings away. 
essentially that went away because we had to use it to keep our house. Um, but that happens. Um, and so that's, that was that, um, challenge I would say is that we, we probably could have done a little bit more negotiating did, on our purchase price. Did, and did y'all have any kind of business valuation done to we see what did the not, businesses were? We did not. We kind of, and that is again, our, you know, I yeah. think in retrospect, Probably should have done I think, a little bit I think more our entrepreneurs, that. they're starting out that are listening to the show. We have a lot of people who are saying, hey, I'm going to learn how to become an entrepreneur by listening to Between Two Trains. I think that's something that if they take anything from this conversation is make sure you go. If you're going to buy a business, go out and get it value. There's a number of companies that yes. will do that. And I will you. also say, y'all have to remember, things were a lot different 14 years ago. Yeah. Being an entrepreneur is not what it is today. 14 years ago, people were not entrepreneurs. They, they just, it wasn't. They were business were, owners. They were business owners, and you were looked at like, you're crazy if you're going to go start something. Uh, instead of working a nine-to-five Monday through Friday job for 30 years, which is like most of our parents did. So I had so many friends looking at me like I was crazy, and they did for 10 years. And then they realized that we were in it for the long haul and have changed their story. But um but to get back to when we started and you said financing it, yeah. we, we took out a, uh, we took out a line of credit on our house, okay. um, which was, was that, with, was that with Chase Bank? No, that <laughs> one wasn't. Sorry, Eric. That <laughs> one wasn't. Um, but we did keep our, we were able to maintain our mortgage through Chase Bank through this whole thing, which is the irony. Um, but uh, we um, definitely made some hiccups there as well. Um and so my, I definitely do encourage anyone who is starting the journey of owning their own business and looking to open something to support them and their family is really look at the numbers. Um, and if you think you can do it, then just do it. I mean, that, that's the other thing. Everybody's afraid of failure. I know I was afraid of it. I was afraid of it for years. We did it. And I was like, oh, my God, what, what we can't do it? What are people going to say if I have to go back to work? What are people going to say if I close the business? And we thought for a couple of years that we were going to have to. I mean, it really was, it was... Was that like in 08, 09 with the recession? Yeah, it was about 08 because you have to realize that all of our clients knew before 08 that this was happening. So like in... That's because 08, a lot of your clients are corporate. Right. A lot of, at the what time, was, when, we bought, just, when we bought the business, 80% of our, of our clients were our corporate. Corporate clients. Now it's more probably uh, 60% social and, and the rest corporate, okay. which is fine with me because social clients are going to keep coming back. Um, people are always going to get married. People are always going to have their bar mitzvahs, um, that kind of thing. So that that's always, it, of course, the numbers and their budgets are going to change, but those things are always going to happen. Um, with the corporate, they knew early. And so really, I would say 06, we really, so we were only in it like 18 months and it was like, oh, crap. What we do? <laughs> Sorry, but that's what it, it was. Right. Really, we really had that panicky. Oh my God, what we do? And it and I I spent many nights crying, many nights worried, and I, I did a lot of worrying about what other people were gonna wor- were gonna say about me and think about me. And that's something that I had to eventually get over and realize I can't worry about other people. I have to worry about us. I've got to worry about Sean and I, and I've got to worry about the business. And we just, that's what we have to focus on. And I have to remind myself of that constantly. Cause I still think about that because of social media, 
and it makes you look at other people's stuff and go, but why? And, and, you know. <laughs> so, so now your husband's full time in the yeah, business now. So you he know, had his right. Job. So he had his other jobs, and he had various different things. His last job was with a, a group that did a nonprofit that did a home um, uh, heating repair work uh, for non. It was a nonprofit that went in, and they lost their contract with the government, or the government contract ran out, and he was one of the culprit, or one of the ones that got laid off afterwards. And we kind of went well. I guess that's the reason right. that's our sign. And let the, we said, let's try it for six months. And if we can't do it, then we'll come up with another plan. And this was, uh, about, was this was four years ago. So um, we are five years ago now, I guess. And so after a couple months, we were like, huh, our life is better because he wasn't working a 40 hour job four days a week because he was working four 10 hour days and then working for us Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I mean, it was, it was stressful on our relationship. Yeah. That doesn't give you much for a so, social life. Well, it, it did not then for sure. And so when he started working with me after about six months, we were kind of like, all right, so the money is still a little bit of a roller coaster, but it's better for us as a relationship. Um, and so we, we continue to do that. And so every year it's gotten better and sales have increased. And, you know, a lot of that is because balloons are on a back on being a trendy thing these days. And, and also we've increased our floral business with our weddings and, and other things. And so that's why when this opportunity came to uh, move into, you know, move our items out of our home and storage and into a warehouse, we jumped on it this spring so that was that's a new endeavor that's, that's a very year. new that just happened in april of this year and where is that working uh new peach tree across from china square oh right. okay we're in one of the warehouses just right on there. the other side of the railroad tracks mm -hmm. from here right by the marta station okay. we actually back up to the tracks so okay. my vases all kind of shake every five minutes when the martyr train goes by <laughs> our train not the not yeah. Norfolk Southern. yeah well that too yeah. you get both of them at the same time it's, then, uh, it's then the it's whole building kind of goes a little no. so you're literally between two I, tracks I literally well I, I back up to the tracks <laughs> not literally yeah good one Eric I like that but that's pretty close Eric that's pretty close. we're gonna have to ask you back on the show <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right so we we started a business we got through the recession we've now Barely. we've now built we've now um moved out of our house and into an actual facility the business is is moving forward yeah. what's next we need to our next step is to hire um a full-time not full-time but a permanent staff right now we've been doing more of a seasonal staffing based on so it's basically just you and your husband and then occasionally a yes. seasonal person yes so we're we're now looking for what would that person be doing? Administrative stuff? Administrative and then also production. So we, we need somebody who can tie balloons and also go and do installations, but then can also help us on the it I'm looking for a unicorn. All right, so you've heard I it. need that unicorn, you know. All right, so you've heard <laughs> it first right here on Between Two Trains. Holland's looking for help. Reach out to Holland. <laughs> She's got a job for <laughs> if you're a unicorn, yes. Um, but uh, I have lots of we are very uh, lucky in this city that there's lots of talented people who are creative and are uh, the freelance industry is alive and well, especially on the floral and um, other event decor side, because there are people who don't want to work a Monday through Friday, nine to five job. And they like working Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 15 hours each day or not for us. But you know what I mean? I, that's and it happens all over the city. And so we're lucky that we can pull from that 
uh, talent, you just have to book people early. I mean, I've already got 10 people booked for the Super Bowl and I don't have but a couple of Super Bowl jobs booked yet, but I know they're coming and I know I'm going to need help. Right. So I'm just doing it. So. Well, we're going to take a short break while we hear from our sponsors. Uh, you've been listening Between Two Trains and we've got uh, Balloonacy here talking about the balloon and event industry. And we'll be right back after these messages. If you recently got divorced, you may be wondering how to pick up all of the financial pieces. Is it time to make a new budget, new goals, and get a new game plan with your investments? What about the best way to save money on your taxes? Take control of your money future. Go to oxygenfinancial.net to schedule a complimentary meeting today. Go to oxygenfinancial.net to get started right now. Securities offered through Kester Investment Services, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Kester Advisory Services, an affiliate of Kester Investment Services. Oxygen is not affiliated with Kester. Looking for an affordable, functional, and creative space to work? Check out 3411 Coworking in downtown Chambly. They have flexible month-to-month office space options that include fiber internet, meeting rooms, printing, coffee, snacks, and networking events. 3411 Coworking is the perfect place for entrepreneurs, remote workers, and small business owners looking for a one-stop shop for your professional needs. Stop by for a tour Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 and see how 3411 Coworking can work for you. All right, welcome back to Between Two Trains. If you are in your car right now listening to us, tune in to your favorite podcast, or if you have gotten to work. Uh, Eric, did you know that 52% of people that listen to podcasts actually listen to it at work? How's that for productivity? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so do employees at Chase, uh, can they listen to podcasts at work? Probably not. There are, right? t- there are, time, you know, there are times where, can you can, where you're doing more administrative. You right. know, maybe, maybe the branch managers in our office with the door closed listen to the Between Two Trains episode. Well, expense report stuff. I'm... I'm not at a retail location, so, so you can, there's, there's more opportunity, you know, to do that. I haven't ventured that way yet, but um, it's a good idea. 52%. 18% listen in their car, which is really the people that I find most interesting because I think that it's such a wasted time of driving from one place to another. Why not learn, learn something? something? And, you know, I, I've said on this show before, you could almost learn everything you know about being an entrepreneur from listening to all these entrepreneurs yes, tell their stories. It's like getting an MBA in your car. Exactly. It's interesting, that number, because I can remember years ago and I, you know, one job I had before was working at the Olympics. And we were on a floor with like 75 people. And at this time, you know, we had 10 fax machines and the phones were going. It was so loud. So I put on headphones to just listen to nothing on my Walkman or whatever right. it was. And I would get For you millennials, yeah. you may not know what a Walkman is. Yes, but, it, you know, it was before <laughs> the iPad, you know, I, you know, everything. But right. it was, I just remember getting yelled at because they were like, you're not being productive. Take off your headphones. I'm like, it's more of a knocking out the sound. It's just yeah. so crazy. I can't concentrate. Yeah. So it's interesting that it's encouraged, you know, that a lot more people do it now because they are in open spaces like, or shared workspace, and it's not looked at as... Yeah, I mean, this where we are here at 3411 Coworking, our, our great studios, what a great space. You know, we're looking out the window here, and we've got all these, uh, you know, self-employed people, entrepreneurs, whatever they are, working at desks, you know, doing yes, their yes. thing. Yeah. Um, and the traditional, hey, I'm going to go to, uh, you know, the 52nd floor of the, you know, tower downtown Atlanta, to go to work, you know, it's sort of changing. Yeah. Anyways, we're going to play a fun game now called Hot or Not. Okay. 
Yeah. All right, so Holland, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to tell you a statement. We want you to tell us as an entrepreneur whether that's a hot thing or not such a hard thing. And Eric, I'm going to start us off. Um, I've used this one a lot, okay. um, but I think since you told us your situation, your setup, um, I think it'd be interesting to hear your take on it. Marrying an entrepreneur, is that a <laughs> hot thing or not such a hot thing? I think it's a hot thing. Would Sean say it's a hot thing? Yes, because, you know. This was his idea, it right? It was his idea, <laughs> as I will remind him many years. You know, again, I came from a family, and he did too, actually, where our dads worked the same companies for over 40, you know, 35 sure. years. So we kind of were on that same thought pattern. Um, but he always, ever since we met 22 years ago, he always was kind of thinking he wanted to do his own, his own thing. Um, so... It's uh, and I was always kind of like, why? But and then we did it, and I'm the one who jumped out and did it. So uh, it's been an interesting adventure for sure. Emails or phone calls? Ooh. Emails are the hot. That's hot. Emails yeah, I'd hot. rather do email than. I, I want to throw in a third one: texts. Ooh. Emails, phone calls, or texts. Texts are warm because I hate that. I don't, I try not to give a lot of people my text, my cell phone, right. um, because I feel that that's a little bit of a private thing. But then on the other side, a lot of our millennial clients, they want an answer right then and there. And right. the best way to reach you is text. Right. So uh, it's a, it's a, it's a challenge. That's a hmm. email's hot. Yeah. Text warm. Cause I also like a paper trail. I'm old and I like a paper trail. Oh. So email at least gives me some kind of paper trail. Phone call, I don't get a paper trail. Leave it to millennials walking around like they rent the place. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll tell you, in my industry, we're so regulated. I mean, everything right. I do is monitored. My texts are monitored. My emails are monitored. You know, so yeah, I, as far as a paper trail, everything I do is a paper right. trail. <laughs> well, and that's, you know, and if if I need to refer back to something, and, and a lot of times we're in the field on a on a job. And so if somebody calls me, and I'm in the middle of blowing up 200 balloons and I answer the phone because I do, it's hard to stop and write down everything because right. chances are I don't have paper and pen with me. And then they told you and then you went back to doing right. the work. So I'll either go back and text myself or email myself um, or just ask them to email me the information or even text it to me. It just depends. So... Um, what about business plans? Let's talk about that. Hot or not? Is it hot to have a business plan or not such a hot thing? Do you do well, a business plan they, for your business? I do not, which is, I think it's a bad thing. I think, I think it's a, I think you need to do it is what I guess I'm saying. I have, I am very fortunate in that I'm a group of people. We call ourselves the balloon pro tribe and twice a month, I have, there's 10 of us from across the country that have balloon businesses, all different sizes, from two employees to um, 20 employees. Um, and those are multi-million dollar balloon companies. I know you think, how is that possible? But in some of the larger markets, it is. And um, they, uh, it, it's very interesting because some people are very much into the business plans and business setting goals and that. And we've been trying to adjust our business to go there because we have not been very good about setting goals and yeah. a plan. Uh, we're, we're pretty much at a train 
on a track with no end. <laughs> so you fit, you fit the model. Yeah. I like both of y'all. Um, y'all both throwing in that, those no, train things. Yeah. But that's actually, you know, that's funny that you said that because that's how the name came about. We were thinking about in the car, what should we call this podcast? And I said, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, Shambly has a train theme. But more importantly, as an entrepreneur, sometimes you feel like you're sitting on the tracks and the train is just heading right at it's you. It's heading right to you. And that's, it's, yes, 100%. And you've got, you've got to balance, you know, life and, and, the, and the business decisions yes. as well. Yes. And um, maybe in, instead of a balance, it's better to say you've got, you know, work-life decisions. Oh, it, for sure. It may not be a true balance, you know, depending on your seasonality and whatnot. Um, kind of speaking about balance and then pursuing your dreams, the idea of moonlighting, working that nine to five, but then starting your own thing, being an entrepreneur, you know, is that hot or is that not? It's exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) Because we did it. I mean, I, you know, back in. So if you you went back and and redid it, would you say, hey, we're just going to make the leap and forget about it? Well, no. So, so we jumped. But then when the economy went back, I ended up having to pick up, I picked up a part-time job working for, um, doing some events for a magazine in town, but I was working 30 hours a week. And then I was on my lunch break, returning calls and emails from the business, taking, you know, 30 minutes in the afternoon to do the same thing. And then at the end of the day, and then I was going home and inflating balloons and I was delivering them before eight o'clock in the morning the next day. And so, yes, so we were we were doing that. We were living that life for a couple, for about 18 months. Um, so, but in retrospect, I wish that we, that I had been able to work out something with my previous employer where I could have done part-time for a couple of months while I got the gist of my job because it wasn't as busy as I was used to being in my previous job. So there was sometimes I was just sitting there like, Oh my God, is somebody going to call me today? I mean, I can only send out so many emails. I can only call cold call so many places. And um, so let's talk about marketing. Then, you know, that's a great, no, no, it's just, it's a great lead in for a hot or not of, you know, is it, you you sat, you were sitting around waiting for someone to call. What kind of marketing did you do? Was it paper marketing? Was it just networking and referrals? I think when you start, which, which is which is hot, which is not. Networking is hot, but I will tell you, I think when you first start your business, you are inclined to throw out as much stuff as you can to see what sticks. So if you have a product that you can donate, you do. Uh, even if it costs you money out of pocket. So, I mean, I was donating balloon things to different um, schools or different auctions or different whatever. What I eventually found out was that these were not money makers for me. They were not, all anybody ever did was just call me for free. Um, And nobody was turning around and spending money. Um, So we stopped doing them. I don't do them any. I don't donate to auctions except for there's like two, but it's because they're organizations that do spend money with me the rest of the year. Um, so, and that's it. Is it you, you know, so marketing wise for us, we found that organizations um, event in the industry where we can network with people who will refer business to us has been what's most profitable. Have you tried us. paper marketing at all? Um, yeah, I mean, Flyers, I, I mean, like you know. We're in the uh, TV and the Georgia film 
TV and movie guide and we have for 10 years, you know, um, we've been in the, we advertise in Jezebel magazine. We out and do trade with other modern luxury brands, um, like Atlantic magazine and stuff. We've done stuff with, um, Atlanta, we've a magazine, um, we've done all different things during the year, but truly we, not, for us, Paper is not really not the thing. You're not going to put the the value pack. You're not going to put a right. coupon in the value pack. No, I am not because we're not a retail. If I had a retail shop, I think things would be a lot different. Mm-hmm. Um, mine is event specific, so you're not coming to me to pick up flowers on Friday to take home to your wife. You know, um, like a traditional floral flower store. You're not uh, coming to me to to just pick up a dozen balloons for your son's party that afternoon. I'm delivering things to you You're setting uh, up. and I'm setting things up and you know, it could be that our business model changes, you know, once, if we go to another location or now that we're, we've seen what the, now that we've seen what our future can hold with moving into a larger location, ever all bets are off as to kind of what direction we kind of go to in the future. Well, we are almost at the end of our time. Um, Eric, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Uh, any parting words for Holland or, you know, just come see you at Chase Bank? No, I, no, I think, you know. I already come see you at Chase Bank. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah this is, We've been longtime Chase customers. This is excellent. Well, thank you for your business. And I think for everyone out there listening, whether you're, whether you're in business for yourself or, or, or um, just out in the community living life, you know, whether you're pre-business or in business, relationships are key. That's what, Absolutely. It, what it all boils down to. There's a lot of wealth in the relationships that you have. And uh, what an exciting time to be in Chambly, too. Yes, there's, um, it's amazing what's going on up here. I yeah, love it. two weeks ago on our last episode, we had our co-host was uh, David Carter from uh, the Development Authority. The chairman of the Development oh, Authority great. was talking about you know, some of the valuations, you know, the whole food sold recently for like uh, $68 million. And now the Olmstead, that that uh, apartment complex next to the Walmart is up for sale and they, they've got a buyer for $88 million. It's like, Amazing. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. I remember it's when that was that. Time. Remember when there was that international food market that was there? Where, it, yeah. You wouldn't go in the summer because it Ooh, smelled it so, bad. so bad. You'd only go in the winter. Yeah, the oh. air conditioning was not <laughs> the best in there. So you went when it was cold. Well, Holland, <laughs> we appreciate you coming on the show. Before we leave, tell people how they can get a hold of you. You mentioned the website before. Uh, you want to? Sure. Um, the best way to reach us is our website, which is balloonacyatlanta.com, and that's B-A-L-L-O-O-N-A-C-Y-Atlanta.com. You can also reach us if you're looking, if you've got somebody who's getting married. Um, our floral side is Flowers by Holland, like the country, dot com. So, you need to say like me. Like me. <laughs> um, but, you know, so, but we'd love to chat with you, and we um, we do have special delivery rates in the Chambly and Brookhaven areas. Nice. Well, thank you again for coming on the show. You've been listening to Between Two Trains. Check us out in a couple of weeks for our next guest. And uh, we appreciate you listening. Thanks a lot.